such a privilege to have access to God's Word and to be able to study it, even on a program like this. But we need to always remember that learning the truth of God revealed in His Word is not merely an academic exercise. The truth, when properly understood and applied, changes our lives. Jesus warned us that to reject the truth is to remain in spiritual darkness. Stephen Davey has a lesson called The Opportunity of a Lifetime. Years ago, a young engineer invented the world's first digital camera. He was so convinced of its incredible potential that he met with his supervisors where he worked. He happened to work at a famous camera company called Kodak. Well, they rejected his idea. They turned down the opportunity to develop and market uh, his new invention. Well, today, the, the digital world is the standard. Kodak eventually went through bankruptcy as the camera industry changed almost overnight. They missed a great opportunity. You know, it's one thing to turn down a great opportunity and lose a lot of money. It's another thing to turn down a great opportunity and lose eternal life. That's exactly what we see happening here in the Gospel of Luke as the multitudes are listening to Jesus preach. Luke chapter 11, verse 29 says, When the crowds were increasing, he began to say, This generation is an evil generation. How's that for a sermon introduction? You're all a bunch of sinners, is what Jesus is saying. Well, let me tell you, Jesus isn't interested, again, in, in public approval. He's not running for office. He is delivering an eternal warning, and it's a warning primarily to the Jewish people not to miss their Messiah, not to miss the greatest opportunity they will ever be offered. Now, that that opportunity, again, is to invest their lives in his kingdom, to trust him for salvation, and to claim him as their Lord. Now, the people just want another sign. Uh, You know, they'd like some more fireworks. They'd like another miracle show. And Jesus, at this point, refuses. Instead, he says to them here, no sign will be given except the sign of Jonah. He says here in verse 30, for as Jonah became a sign to the people of Nineveh, so will the Son of Man be to this generation. Oh, you remember how the cruel pagan people of Nineveh repented after Jonah delivered the warning from God? Uh, But Jesus is saying here effectively to his Jewish audience that they're less receptive to God's message through him. They're more hard-headed than the Ninevites because they refuse to repent at his preaching, somebody far greater than Jonah, that is the Lord Jesus himself. Listen to what he says here in verse 32. The men of Nineveh will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. For they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and behold, something greater than Jonah is here. Well, this isn't what this huge crowd of people is expecting to hear. Indeed, Jesus is saying that the ancient Ninevites are getting into the kingdom, but this rebellious Jewish nation isn't going to be, and, and, and that has to be infuriating to hear. And let me tell you, the Lord isn't finished yet with his sermon. Not only does he say that he is a greater prophet than Jonah, 
But he now adds here that he is a wiser king than Solomon. Verse 31 says, The queen of the south will rise up at the judgment with the men of this generation and condemn them. For she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, something greater than Solomon is here. Jesus takes his audience back to the book of 1 Kings, which describes the queen of Sheba's visit to Solomon in Jerusalem back in 1 Kings chapter 10. And Solomon's wisdom answered her deepest questions. His his glorious kingdom of gold, she said, left her speechless. Bible scholars have wondered if she professed faith in the God of Solomon and the God of Israel. Well, according to what Jesus says here, she, she did. She'll be among those who judge the unbelieving world one day. And there's no need to wonder at all. She did, in fact, believe. So Jesus is effectively saying that both this queen and the people of Nineveh saw the opportunity of a lifetime, and they didn't miss it. They seized it. And they're now going to stand as witnesses at the final judgment against the Jewish people who reject Jesus Christ. And let me tell you, the message to the unbeliever today is this. Similarly, you don't need a sign. You don't need a miracle to believe. You have of the Word of God. You have his word to you. Don't reject the greatest opportunity you'll ever have in life. What is it? The opportunity to become a follower of the true and living God. Now, the message to the believer is straightforward as well. You don't need a miracle or a sign either. You have the word of God. So let's obey what we've learned. Let's follow him today. Let's trust him not only for today, but for tomorrow. Now, the Lord provides a challenge to act on what we know to be true as he speaks here in verse 33. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it in a cellar or under a basket, but on a stand, so that those who enter may see the light. Jesus is saying here, my light, that is my truth, it's out in the open. I'm not hiding anything, so stop wandering around in the darkness. Follow after the light. The Lord makes a related analogy here in verse 34. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. But when it is bad or evil, your body is full of darkness. In other words, whenever you receive the light of what Jesus is preaching, it lights a lamp, so to speak, of truth inside you. It, it provides light for your walk. It, it gives you truth whereby you make decisions. It, it guides your lifestyle. However, if you refuse the light of God's word, well, your body, that is your lifestyle, is going to continue on into the darkness the darkness of moral and ethical and relational confusion and corruption. You see, when you reject the light, you condemn yourself to wander in darkness. Now, with that, Jesus delivers a pretty serious warning here in verse 35. Therefore, be careful lest the light in you be darkness. Now, Jesus isn't saying here that everybody's got some kind of inner light. Now, the light Jesus is talking about, true spiritual enlightenment, comes into us from outside of us. It comes from God and God alone. 
See, Jesus is warning his hearers in in this verse not to reject the light they've already seen, the light they've already heard from Jesus. He's telling his audience, don't turn away from the light you've seen. And with that, he makes this wonderful promise in verse 36. If then your whole body is full of light, having no part dark, it will be wholly bright, as when a lamp with its rays gives you light. In other words, when you receive and believe the truth of his word, when you allow his truth to literally come into your soul and take up residency in your life, when you do that, It'll shine outwardly, so to speak. It's going to give off light. What does that mean? It's going to give off wisdom. Your lifestyle is going to show truth to those around you who are still in darkness. And this is the challenge, by the way, for the believer, to receive the light and then live out the light. Or as the Apostle Peter put it so well, we are to proclaim the excellencies of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light, 1 Peter 2.9. So wherever God places you, in that office, that career, that classroom, you're in a dark room. You're in a dark place. Just turn the light on, the light of God's truth, and proclaim to your world how excellent he is. You know, I went to the optometrist a while back, and I sat down in that chair, and he he lowered that contraption down in front of me where I was to look through a series of lenses, and he asked me, okay, which one is better, this one or that one? And I'd say that one, and he'd say, well, which one is clearer now, you know, that one or this one? And I'd say this one, and after three or four times, something occurred to me, and I kind of pulled back, and I said to him, doctor, I'll, I'll bet you already know which one's better for me, don't you? He just smiled, and he said, well, yes, I do. You know, even as believers, we still have vision problems, perception issues. We still need daily clarity and insight. And and let me tell you, the Lord already knows which way we ought to go. He already knows the right way. That's why he's provided his word as a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. We ought to pray daily something like this, Lord, I'm going to need your light today to change my life, to clarify my perspective, to to shed light on my path, to repair my distorted vision. Lord, give me the joy of letting you shine in me and then through me as a light to the dark world around me. For your glory and your praise, amen. Well, until our next wisdom journey, beloved, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. That was Stephen Davey, the president of Wisdom International. Stephen is also the president of Shepherd's Theological Seminary. There's an event coming up for those who are curious about seminary or are in the process of selecting a seminary. It's called A Day at Shepherds. You have the opportunity to come and experience classes, meet Stephen and the faculty, and explore what it would mean to be a student. It's October 16, and information is available at wisdomonline.org forward slash STS. 
Join us back here next time as we continue this wisdom journey. 